0: Hey George.
1: Hi. <laughs> so, I do have an. I did have an account, um, but it it opened to not the. It, it opened to like a, a window within Twitter. I do know what, was, what you I was, mean. I was the link uh, from the Twitter. Deal. This is not interesting. Anyway, <laughs> I'm here.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Um, I yeah, we'll uh we'll bring it up with corporate. But thanks please for please joining please us, George. All right, I guess we can get started. Um, People will filter in as they see fit. Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray, and with me, I have my incredible co-host, Drew Haskins, and we also have a very special guest with us. You know him as an editor at Gawker and the co-host of the hilarious podcast StradioLab, and tonight he's here just as, as a friend and a girl's expert. It's George Severus. Welcome to the girls' room.
1: Hello. It is an absolute honor to be here.
0: I did um, Twitter search your name and girls before this, and you, oh. you have a lot of tweets about girls.
1: Wait, I'm going to actually do the same thing now.
0: <laughs> you have a <laughs> lot of tweets about girls, gossip girl, and then just the concept of girls as women.
1: Yeah, I hope they're not like violently misogynist.
0: Oh, they're all
2: sexist
1: oh
2: no, <laughs> no the concept really. of girls as women is a very funny <laughs> way to phrase
0: <laughs> well, to start out george i'd love to hear about your kind of experience with girls like how did you come to the show where were you in your life when it came out
1: yeah um so i first became aware of Lena Dunham because uh, someone I went to college with went to high school with her and um, and she was like, so Lena Dunham, for anyone who doesn't know, went to St. Anne's, which was a very fancy high school in Brooklyn Heights. And so this girl I knew in college was like very, very cool and very like definitely too cool for me. I felt like I was like constantly trying to impress her. Um, and one time we must have been like sophomores or something. Um, She was like, I want to, like, organize this screening for my, for this girl, for this movie, this girl I knew directed called Tiny Furniture. Um, And so that's how I had, and I had no idea she was going to be big. I was like, okay, this is, like, someone's friend. Um, And then, um, and then I loved it. And then I started, and then I, for whatever reason, was reading, like, um, the thing, like, I was very up up to date on the buzz when the show premiered. And I was like really looking forward to it as like the new cool HBO show. Um, And so I pretty much then watched live every week starting with season one. Um, And I think in terms of my, I think the show started when I was a sophomore or a junior and then went through like my early twenties post-college. It was, I I like, I was just slightly younger than the girls enough to see that to like almost see that you know like look up to them or see them as my near future
2: have you ever rewatched the show or is this yeah, your first I, time revisiting
1: i've rewatched it uh throughout the years a couple of times i mean when it when it was coming out i would always watch each episode at least twice um and then i have done a probably the last rewatch i did was a few years ago but honestly not that recently like this was very I mean, we also picked such great episodes, but this was very like, um, there was a lot of stuff I didn't remember. And also, I mean, you kind of forget how, especially in the beginning, how much of like a broad comedy it was. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you you remember the emotional beats, but you don't remember just how like, kind of like slapstick and joke dense it can be
2: at, at times.
0: Yeah, I think especially these two episodes. Yeah. How- think- Go ahead, Drew.
2: Oh, and I was just going to say, like, one of the reasons I really like, and I mean, not to jump the gun too much, but um, Welcome to Bushwick, a.k.a. The crack which we are covering tonight, is my favorite, favorite, favorite episode of the show, partially because it is, like, the, I mean, it's broad, yeah, but, like, Lena Dunham can do a full screwball comedy if she really puts her mind to it, and I love this tone for the show and honestly kind of wish it had dipped into this well a little bit more in future seasons because this is kind of as silly as it gets almost. Yeah, totally.
0: How do you think um, the show holds up in your eyes watching it in uh, 2022?
1: I mean, I'd say these two episodes especially had none of the like um, cultural lightning rod topics that other episodes maybe... I don't know I like these two episodes are not the ones that would have aged badly I feel if there were any episodes that would have so I was like I was kind of all in and then I have to say the next one that started auto-playing with Jenny Slate and I was I had completely forgotten about that one too and I was like it's so good um but I'm trying to think in terms of things that haven't aged well I mean I don't know I mean to be honest even the thing with the fact that she smokes crack i mean there are ways that that could have gone downhill but i think it was just like played for laughs in kind of a fun way i don't know what did you guys think
2: i, I think... think oh no go on julia
0: um i think overall i i think yeah these two episodes in particular mm, doesn't have any of the aspects that didn't play well but I yeah like you said about the crack pipe (laughs) that definitely could have been uh I don't know uh taken the wrong way or viewed in an unfavorable light I also read a review from the AV club about the weirdos need girlfriends 2 episode that I don't know made some point about uh it being a misogynist point of view but I I don't I don't think it I, I didn't see it at all so I think in terms of like cancellation (laughs) she's she's in the clear
1: yeah for these two at least
2: yeah for these two at least like there are definitely weird throwaway lines about like date rape and like the taxi scene at the end of the crack accident which we'll get to or but like i mean nothing nothing crazy i to me like the first real cardinal sin that girls makes is the donald glover character but we're not at that yeah yet. No,
1: I completely agree. and actually like i think to its credit it doesn't it, it's almost like a mistake that then they're like oops sorry and then they kind of move on a little bit like because that could have really i mean that was a, a very stupid uh move yeah
0: speaking of controversy what do you think about lena's latest uh gaffe oh my god um <laughs> i mean
1: i just think it's classic lena and she's just being lena
0: yeah that's our girl hannah
1: i love it i mean what do you want her to do like I
0: <laughs> for for those who uh don't know aren't on twitter god bless you um She Lena Dunham tweeted, I think yesterday, Mm
2: -hmm. when I go,
0: I want my casket to be driven through the New York City Pride Parade with a plaque that reads, she wasn't for everyone, but she was for us who can arrange. And there were Daily Beast articles written about it. And the
1: answer to that is (laughs) I'll do it.
0: I'll arrange it. Yeah. (laughs) End of story.
2: (laughs) I was seeing a lot of uh, tweets on the timeline that Lena Dunham is not a gay icon. And that seems to me revisionist history <laughs> like she might be like yeah she's annoying she's delusional but guess who else is annoying and delusional gay guys like we we claim her
1: I also just like I'm kind of um I used to be more passionate about like defending uh girls and Lena Dunham at every turn and I'm kind of like you know what I'm okay like yeah there are valid reasons why um people don't like her and I'm kind of I love our community of people who have stuck stuck by her all these years, and I'll tell you this: I just went and saw Captain Called Birdie* with my younger sister. Loved it.
0: Yeah, I want. Did you see Sharpstick?
1: I like that less, but I but I still think it had its moments, and I think like it was kind of an interesting portrait of where she is now mm-hmm. as a writer. But I do think Captain Called Birdie* is like g- genuinely like in terms of kind of teen movies like that,
2: an instant classic. I really liked the book growing up, and it seems like a really good fit of writer and source material, or like adapter and source material. I do... So and I haven't seen the film, so I can't really get into it on a qualitative level. But I do sort of resent this narrative that's going around that like, Catherine Called Birdie is her best work to date. It's her definitive work when it's not really her. Oh sure. Idea like that seems a little like a gotcha to her almost in a way that well, I, th- I, I, I don't
1: I will say like it. It really is so. I haven't. I. I never. I think maybe. I wasn't the right age or maybe it was when I wasn't living here, but I I never read the book as a kid, but it really has her, it really is the Lena Dunham version of a YA movie. And you can see her touch on like every, everything from like the acting to certain scenes. It's also like, it's rated PG-13. Like she put some stuff in there that like would not be normally in a, in a kid's movie. Um, But yes, I do agree with you that girls is her masterwork. (laughs)
0: Yeah absolutely and i'm i'm excited for this next era for lena but we'll always come back to girls before we dive into recapping the episodes inquiring minds want to know which girl are you
1: oh that is a great question um you know hmm I guess, I mean, as much, I, I'm certainly, I'll do process of elimination. I'm certainly not Jessa, as much as I respect her. Um, <laughs> I would say I am some combination of uh, Hannah and Shoshana?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah. at the same time, I, I actually feel like I am Marnie presenting, maybe.
0: Marnie rising?
1: I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I'm... I think I would like to think at least that in my day to day life, I'm like pretty good at seeming like I have it it together more than I do in a way that Marnie, especially in earlier seasons, is. Um, So, yeah, I would say like Shoshana, Marnie Rising.
0: Definitely. Drew is a tried and true Marnie.
2: Well uh, this is a new this is a new sort of phase in my life because I have gone the past several years as someone who has not rewatched the show since it came out um I have felt like a mix of jessa, jessa and shosh which is a really horrible combo um but rewatching I, I mean Marnie has been unfortunately my north star and that's been something I've actually been unpacking a little bit Uh, going back through this
0: yeah I I feel like a a Hannah Shosh cusp as well and before before we really get into it who is your girl's boyfriend mine is Adam Drew's I think is Ray
1: yes oh um mine is Booth Jonathan oh my
0: god who could forget Booth Jonathan Wow, that's a really good answer. The first I one know, we got. I just want to
1: say, one of the, like, one of the true kind of, like, uh, one of the things girls is truly best at is character names. Yes. Like, Bo- Booth Jonathan is one of the best character names in television history. And there was, uh, so the, the Jenny Slate episode, like I said, auto-played, and it showed her character name. And, like, hold on, I'm going to look it up. So she, it's okay, Allie. it's Allie Shepard. Yeah, she's- Allie. It's- perfect like this obviously like old classmate of hannah's that like is more successful than she is and tally Schifrin is just a perfect name for that
0: really
1: wow i i I, the booth jonathan episode really fucked me up when it aired
0: (laughs) oh so good and i love that he's played by yorma from lonely island absolute masquerade really puts on the character well
2: yeah i feel like he has a he could have had a career as a character actor had he gone down that route i just watched um for the first time in a while pop star never Stop, never stopping he's it's it's, not since it came out it's been like six years um he is so funny in that movie and i kind of wish he would act more like he's really good at it yeah no this i mean
1: yeah it's on girls i mean you're just kind of like uh, give it, i mean i'm sorry but who won the guest actor emmy that year i'm not gonna look it up but i bet he wasn't as good as
0: <laughs> i am gonna look it up not right now yeah but... <laughs> um all right let's dive in we watched episodes seven and eight from season one so welcome to bushwick aka the crack and weirdos need girlfriends too so we can start with the crack accident and go through each girl's storyline um In the past episode, or the last episode, Hannah went home to Michigan. She had this very, like, regressive experience. Um, She went to a benefit and watched her former classmate perform Pretty Girl Rock. (laughs) (laughs) And now we see all four girls and Charlie, Ray, and Adam at the same warehouse party in Bushwick. It's the first episode where we kind of see everyone together in the same place. So we're watching a lot of their relationships change shape in real time.
2: So off the bat, I just have to say that the soundtrack, which is always good on this show, was next level over both of these two episodes, but the title sequence with On the Floor by Jennifer Lopez really, like it took me exactly where I needed to be. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And the outfits, I think with each, with each girl we go through, we have to talk about, we have to do a, an analysis of their outfits.
2: Yeah, we we've talked about on um on the show before how good the costuming and art direction is on the show at like building character and like filling out these like how these people like live in the external world. But this episode like who which character do you want to start with, Julia?
0: Uh maybe let's start with Marnie in her purple cocktail dress.
2: Yeah. Low pony. She...
0: The cap sleeve is very uh, bat mitzvah. Well, it's also like it, it's just funny. I mean, I can you can
1: re- I can relate. Uh, like it doesn't it takes you a while after college to figure out like <laughs> what yes. is appropriate for each situation. And yes. I actually think like it really it, it's so realistic. I mean, obviously, Jessa like is dressed you know like she's going to the Met Gala and she feels right at home, whatever. But the other three, I mean all three of them are doing a version of like, you know, it's like, what would an actual 24 year old even own? That's like, you know, that's, that's fresh out of college when they're trying to go to like a cool party. And I feel like a, a lesser show, like any other show would, would just have them all, you know, dressed in, in, uh, in, in professionally styled looks. And it's just, it, it's like, what are the only times I've seen like a realistic group of girlfriends um going to a party.
0: That's an amazing point. I
1: mm-hmm. feel like
0: Marnie's dress is like left over from doing rush or like going to a formal or something. Yeah, yeah. or like a job interview or like yeah. you know. No, it's it's perfect. That's a really good point. Um and just so out of place in this Bushwick warehouse like she had no idea what she was walking into.
1: Mm-hmm. And then with Hannah it's like it, it, I think it's the next episode where Jessa says you know she will like put on an outfit then do her lipstick but then not wash her face or whatever Mm -hmm. and i it's just like so that that's so classic the character of hannah and i feel like that is the look she has for that party it's like she started getting dressed and i was like "Eh, whatever
0: yeah it's, it's uh it's mod cloth yes like laundry hasn't been done in a week it's great it's it's perfect
2: It was almost shockingly dressed down like we've seen her be dressed up in almost every other scene except for like when she's with Adam and it it sort of defied credulity that Hannah would look like a laundry bin to go to this party. But it it did make sense like she just wasn't going to drink she wasn't going to do any like fun things really she was here to be a wet blanket sort of and she dressed like one. Yeah,
0: and then we see Shosh in like this glitter skirt and tap shoes and this chunky belt. <laughs> it's amazing. I I I think it is just every everyone kind of trying to find what they think they're supposed to wear, like you said, George.
2: I was rewatching an early season. I think the first season of um Project Runway pretty recently, like clips on YouTube, and Shoshana is in like a 2006 fashion girl look. Like, girl on the go. Everything was heavy, heavy, heavy belts. And these, like, little capizios and fuchsia. Everything was fuchsia. Like, I'm glad we've moved away from fuchsia in the broader, broader culture. Because it's not a look that works for everyone.
0: You no, know, she's looking very 80s. But I
2: do remember uh, this era,
1: though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think from the the music to the costuming, it's very it's very 2012, even just the way like these people in Bushwick are Mm -hmm. interacting. Yeah, I wonder where that was. But okay, back to Marnie, we see her and Charlie having this. "Quote unquote cordial grown-up interaction," and then uh, Audrey Gelman swoops in, his new girlfriend. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I did not realize she was on this show until the rewatch.
2: I had to IMDb this.
1: Oh, I, I, I did. I mean, I, I, I have known. <laughs> um, and I think it's like Please. one of the most genius things they've done is have a, her there as this like free love hippie character confronting the character that is in fact based on her which is marnie
0: she really plays it well
1: yeah i mean it's just like yeah it's kind of genius and she also is yeah she's she's genuinely like a doing a good job and is a good actress
0: yeah and i i love her hanging all over charlie and just completely playing dumb in her hippie headband like who are you i are you a real housewife
2: yeah it's... Which is, like, the most cutting thing you can say to someone yeah. like Marnie. <laughs> <laughs> really, especially be-
1: especially because she's, like, wearing that outfit and because she goes there. I mean, what a come down, like, to go there thinking mm-hmm. you're going to be, like, the bigger person and and that the, the guy's obsessed with you and then you realize he's already moved on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: With this, like, antithesis to who, to everything you are, like, it's just, it's like the ultimate rejection.
0: And throughout the party we see Marnie kind of, like, floating from person to person desperate to find a conversation that she can settle into and no one wants to talk to her I feel that that's another thing that feels so kind of post-college real just trying to find people you know and common ground
2: totally And her accosting Elijah mid-makeout because he's there like in he he's dressed like the gay guys on the next bus like the really <laughs> too small polo and like tight jeans like marnie absolutely is the kind of girl who will like commandeer a gay man and just take him for a ride um and elijah's not really the one wa- like he's still so like new in his identity, that he's, like, focusing on himself. Like, everyone on this show kind of is a different flavor of narcissist, and it's kind of nice to see a, like, a gay narcissist on TV that's not just, like, an assistant or, yeah. But he's not the gay best friend either.
1: No, I think it's actually, like, a very fully realized gay character. Yeah,
0: and this is, like, kind of the we see the start of their weird relationship Um, Their, I don't know. I feel like she has some weird jealousy around Elijah that comes out when they're talking about rent and how she's upset in her relationship and how he, what does she say? Like he says, her nipples got hard during rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. And like kind of just foreshadowing the, you know, events that will come in future episodes between them.
2: Her saying "secret queer," like the way she whispers it, is so, is so funny. Like, truly really so funny. I, Allison Williams, once again, like, she is the straight man, but she comedic genius too. Like, she's just so good.
0: Yeah, and then um, we see her. Her best line is, "I'm never coming back to Bushwick ever." Just stomping away Tampa. in her in her little cocktail gown.
1: Yeah, or also him, also like, the fact that they're, you know, they're, they're saying all these mean things, but the one thing that really gets him to literally, like, slap her is that she says he doesn't have a good singing voice.
0: <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. I love that, like, their thing is they both have a great singing voice, but it's, like, never really talked about until it is.
2: And then when it is, like, you see the irony, the irony of all this is, that, I mean, like, with love to Marnie, my North Star, she is just so profoundly untalented at every, like, artistic and creative endeavor that she tries to do. And Elijah obviously get, I mean, gets what he wants, but it's just, gosh, I... they're just stuck in high school and they didn't even know each other in high school it's just it's so so well realized Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well it's also I think Marnie I mean so much of Marnie's journey I feel is like always doing the right thing and being like well I got good grades in school I did all the things I was supposed to I got all the internships why isn't this adding up for me and I think like being at this party and suddenly being in a social situation where she doesn't have any social power and she's getting humiliated and she's getting slapped by a gay guy is like kind of the beginning of her of the process of her humbling that essentially lasts throughout the entire series
2: yeah like it's sort of her trying to i mean if we're gonna compare it to sex in the city like i feel like a lot of the times people compare the two shows shoshana is considered the charlotte of the group like sort of the naive ingenue who's not really worldly and like the ways of love and is kind of a prude but Marnie sort of has slotted herself into the Charlotte spot like she is this uptight like pragmatic girl who literally works at a gallery and it just like we see her become more of like a Carrie Samantha as the show goes on but like right now she's just not comfortable in like the archetype that she's chosen for herself Totally.
0: Shall we move on to Jessa?
1: Yes. Yes. This is a really good Jessa. This is so kind of like, I mean, it's just so, such a particular character choice to have Jessa like respond to a to to a number she doesn't recognize. Like it's it's so clearly like, oh, she's, you know, she, she she's down for a good time with whatever man. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's it's so annoying and she she texts back what does she say best party the best
1: party in the world or whatever yeah yeah
0: and then we find out it's her the kids she's babysitting it's their dad who she's been kind of flirting with she's wearing this insane feathered frock
1: yes and then she has the famous scene where she pushes a woman by the boob <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: The woman who says tits out for Christmas, too. Yeah. yeah. It was like, love, love dead. So I had to go into, like, um, I don't remember. I think it was a Tom and Lorenzo article, actually, from way back in the day. But the costume designer for this show sourced, like, a Galeano for Dior knockoff um, for the Jessa character and tried to recreate the runway styling, essentially. So it's, like, Jessa trying to be, like, worldly and, like, urbane, which she always is, but it's in, like, both, like, a really literal reference and also in a cheap one at the same time, which I think is just so good for her character. Yeah.
0: And just, like, wrong place, you know? I, she's, she looks insane there.
2: To the extent that everyone at this party looks insane, though. Like, the, the neon black light and, like, the shutter shades i mean it it is just like it it was a tumblr nightmare kind of
1: definitely and i mean she does look insane but also she does look like (laughs) the coolest person in the room like i do think and she's just like is carrying herself with an incredible amount of confidence
2: Mm -hmm. it's almost like disregard and i mean we we see kind of the limits of how callous she can be with other people with like just throwing wine bottle Uh, and like You know, I mean, even just, like, firing off a text to some random number to come, like, it's just, it's a complete disregard for other people's boundaries and feelings, like.
1: Yeah, which is what she then, like, I mean, that's why she reached is kind of that um, point in the episode where she's like, I can't be this girl anymore. I mean, it's almost like, especially in the beginning, um, so much of Jess's character is basically seeing how far she can take it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think this is, you know, kind of a wake-up call to end up in the hospital with this, like, dad of the kid that she's babysitting, who's, like, even though he's, like, bleeding, is trying to still hook up with her.
0: Yeah, I feel like that moment kind of comes when he's, like, crying in her lap, and she's like, this isn't sexy or cool anymore, and, oh, God, it's just so hard to watch. She, Her face just transforms with disgust. I don't know. I, I love the part where she throws the bottle of wine on the ground and then um, says, her, what does she say to the crust punks? She calls them crusties yeah. and then
2: they get mad and they're like, you're going to refer to a subculture without properly naming us, which like, someone in the girls writer room was reading Hipster Runoff at the time because like, <laughs> I definitely did not see crust punk anywhere else on the internet beyond like carl's talking about it Um,
0: like she's just really showing her ass here she's like uh, i bet you were born on a dirt floor i think your mom was poor just her whole life kind of you know she's just showing her ass here yeah
1: totally well it's like when she stops being cool and just starts being like mean and Yeah. yeah
0: yeah not a good night for jessa
2: Definitely not a good night. The um the interaction that like closes out her storyline this episode like it always hits me as like one of the best pieces of writing on the show. Like the dad's like you're a tease, and she says I like you better when you were being a good guy, and he just scoffs at her and kind of starts walking off like bleeding still. And she yells after him, we can still be friends. And he says, we weren't friends to begin with. You work for my kids. Like, it just, it puts her in her place. But it's also just, like, it's such an economical writing to show, like, how, like, dissolute a relationship can be in just, like, one moment. I don't know. I just, I I, I need to stop saying every episode. Like, Alina Dunham is such a good writer, but, like, she really is just such a good
1: writer. I was shocked at how many um threads in this episode uh, that I remembered very well were in the same episode. Like I I the fact that the the final scene which I'm sure we'll get to with the bike and the cab was in this episode which I so much associate with the party scenes and with the you know crack smoking obviously I, is crazy to me. Like that it, it it's such a it's such a plot or not plot heavy but like it, it's such a dense show like Truly, every every one of them goes through like a full uh, storyline.
0: Yeah, everyone sees through their arc.
2: Yeah. Though Shosh has a little less of an arc this episode, it's mostly just she she does crack. But
0: (laughs) we do see. But
2: then it's like when she meets
0: uh, Ray. Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: I had forgotten that they start dating.
0: I feel like it's a it's a big episode for Shosh in that we kind of are introduced to Shosh as her own person and it's kind of the start of her and Ray.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: And I I like how the episode is kind of named after her, the crack accident, and she is kind of just at the center of the episode, the chaos. Mm -hmm.
2: She is, Zosha Mamet deserved an Emmy nom for this performance. Like, it is peak physical comedy um and just the lines are so good too (laughs) like when she like her like double speak at the beginning when she's like motor mouthing and then when jessa tells her that she's smoke crack she's like i matriculated at nyu and i just smoked crack like the wherewithal to say matriculate when you are like that high i like of course shoshana would like (laughs) be able to pull that out
1: she is doing incredible like being high on drugs acting
0: yes like what would Shoshana be like on crack I feel like that's a tough that's a tough question to answer because she's already so just hyper so I guess it's just yeah hyper Shosh but she does an amazing job she doesn't seem like she's I don't know I feel like drunk acting or high acting is probably one of the hardest things you can do and it's so easily hacked
2: and turning her into, like, essentially the Flash is such a funny way to subvert this plot line. <laughs> like, her running around is some of the hardest I've laughed at this show this first season.
1: Oh, yeah. And then, like, not having her pants on or not having her skirt on.
0: <laughs> and what is she talking about? Like, getting to the front of the beat or uh, kickboxing class? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. good.
0: Uh, and then she kicks Ray in the nuts and massages his groin in a quote-unquote non-sexual way, which is the the start of their love.
2: Ray also continues to be the secret comedic weapon of this show. Like he just gets so many lines in, and I I just I I know he's sort of a controversial character, but I really really love Ray. I really you do. love Ray. I love Ray. I I just think he's like. Hold on, let me pull up the when he's like, um, oh yeah, when Charlie's band is playing at the party, (laughs) and Ray yells at the end, "Don't bring a baby to a party like this. Use your fucking head." And then drops like the like, um, blogspot link (laughs) to their socials. So funny, just so 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 funny. I mean,
1: talk about 2012. That the scene. I mean, yeah, the scene of the, specifically the band's performance, and then, um, it's just very, like, indie sleaze.
0: It is. I feel like I, I love the scenes where Ray and Charlie's band play. I, the one in Hannah's diary, I feel, I feel like it seemed like their band was bad, but now I'm starting to think their band is good
1: well it's also kind of like the whole I feel like part of the environment of the show is like everyone's kind of bad I mean it's like yes. we're in Bushwick in 2012 and everyone's 23 years old
0: exactly Adam's one-man play which we will get into Yeah. Um, like,
2: this show's also just so good at playing with context too like that music like I mean it's pretty indistinguishable from so much of what was out there and like the indie sphere at that time like but because
0: Actionable, it's yeah.
2: being presented like derisively we see it as derisively but i'm sure if i heard that on like especially like the Handa's diary song if that were on like a shoe shoe album i would be like oh work this is genius stuff like incredible oh, but 100%. yeah
0: so where are you going in those kids no <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um should we get into hannah's storyline before we before we switch gears into the next step so we see um a lot of hannah and adam's relationship kind of um, i don't know fall apart and then come back together
2: yeah that's a good way to put it like like they have like a fight about intimacy that turns into real intimacy
0: right i yeah,
2: very
1: perceptive
0: so she she sees him at the party, he ghosted her, and there he is in this like neon black lit room and he's what what is he like He's covered in someone says like oh like of course all of his friends are lesbians or something, and just people are climbing all over him. It's hilarious it has a friend named taco with a k, mm-hmm.
2: yeah like uh, also like just genius casting genius character naming like roberta quandres i forgot mm-hmm. was like doing stuff this far back they're so fu- like them opening the beer bottle with their teeth and like a 10 second oh, horrible, horrible. shot <laughs> like
0: <laughs>
2: and hannah just like cringing away from it it's just like perfect yeah
0: and Hannah reveals that she's sober at the party because the last time she got drunk, she ate all this cheese and threw up on her cell phone, which I think is an amazing de- I I wouldn't expect Hannah to be someone to go to a party like this and not drink, but I really like that explanation. And then she finds out Adam is an AA, and that's kind of what starts their uh, the tension between them at this party.
1: Yeah I mean it's Adam is such a frustrating and I don't mean that I think intentionally so but it's such a frustrating character in that you know he just like is such he, he acts in, in, in the worst ways possible and takes you to the absolute limit and then he will do something that'll like win you via Hannah back over but at some point I have to be like I actually don't like I don't buy that he didn't tell her about a because she never asked or something like true it's okay to like tell like what i mean he i don't know i'm kind of like he is an asshole
0: yeah it's it's hard to decide whose side to take here because on one side she is selfish and maybe not the most reliable narrator but at the same time that that's a pretty big part of your life to just kind of not mention and you know what do you mean you never asked how do you how do you ask
1: and it's not necessarily, like, I understand if you don't want to mention being an AA, but, like, it's just at every turn he, like, does things to make her uncomfortable rather than, but I guess that's his way of showing love, which is, like, a problematic in its own way,
2: but there's just yeah. a certain lack of emotional intelligence. Well, he is, like, and I hate using this word, he's kind of a love bomber. Like, we,
0: said it. he
2: is so emotionally manipulative and, like, distances her but when the gaze is fully trained on her and he gives her this like undivided attention and this like uncomplicated affection, like that's what draws her in like we'll get we'll get to the end of episode eight, too, but like it's i I do think that they have had like a really casual relationship to this point, and like maybe it wouldn't have come up, but like, He's also, he's just so, like entirely responsible, I think for like the distance of it, but she's also just so like myopic that I I believe that she wouldn't ask about his personal life totally. like that. Totally.
0: And then Marnie quote unquote saves Hannah in this weird way. She, they're in the middle of the street, Adam and Hannah and they're kind of fighting and she drops a pin And Hannah comes, or Marnie comes in this yellow taxi and does this weird speech towards Adam where she says things like, like, I know what kind of man you are and I'm not afraid of telling people or something.
1: Yeah, I mean once again, just some incredible dialogue from Arnie this episode. I mean to leave to storm out with I'm never coming to Bushwick again. And then oh she also has the iconic line to Adam, um, good luck being you or what is it? Good luck going through life as
2: you, as yes. yourself. After he says, You sound like a school teacher, which yeah. is such a read. <laughs>
0: like, oh, it's it's also just so telling of I feel like both of their characters, especially Marnie's. Marnie like really wants to be the hero here.
1: Yeah. But I think in terms of Hannah and Adam, I mean, I guess I do kind of take back what I said about I mean, it's obviously, you know, you can, you should tell someone that when, whenever you're, when you feel comfortable. But the only thing that made me be like, roll my eyes is that like, I mean, as Taco says, that's kind of, that's like his main thing is like everyone knows that he was a, an alcoholic or, you know, mm-hmm. that, that he started going to age when he was a teenager. And that's like a big part of his community. And he talks about it all the time and blah, blah. blah. So that's what made me be like, well, that's the thing that you, you decide to hide from her. But also I feel like, I mean, what the ending shows so well is like, these people have been to varying degrees trying to play games with one another because both of them were afraid of fully being vulnerable. And then it, it's it it almost feels like they can finally exhale when adam asks point blank like do you want to be what is it do you want to be my girlfriend or do you want me to be your boyfriend or whatever the question is um and something it's like why they just have not been able to do that until this point yeah
2: i think this might be a good segue into episode eight Mm -hmm. um weirdos need girlfriends too which opens with Hannah and Adam in bed in like the most intimate like cuddly nice place that we've ever seen them
0: right watching home videos and then like proceeding to have really loud sex and what what does Hannah say oh no he says would you fuck four-year-old me just this really kind of complete look at their relationship like very very sweet and innocent and perverted
2: and she asks, would you fuck two-year-old me like it's just like like clutching pearls like she really (laughs) she she went there um i found adam driver very hot when he was out for a run yeah Yeah. i yes he correct (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> affirmative yeah i i really liked this uh i i think it also kind of shows the growth of their relationship where they're uh he's trying to push her to work out and i don't know do something that he likes to do it's also just, just it's a i see myself and hannah here just having your your athletic boyfriend push you to run and you're lying on the ground and want ice cream it's perfect yeah. But
2: then her getting him to try the ice cream because he says he doesn't like ice cream because it's uh, sweet mucus. Um, them eating at the kitchen was really sweet until <laughs> they pan out to him like <laughs> fully naked <laughs> in the kitchen with his running shorts like around his ankles. But
0: mm-hmm. right. I feel like we also see like Marnie's um, like annoyance with Hannah kind of building here. Marnie's paying the rent and Adam's naked around the house but also important to note we hear one of my favorite lines in uh, television history Adam answers the phone and he goes yo skank where you at getting that pussy pounded it's my sister (laughs) something I still do when I answer the phone sometimes but I yeah I think this is a really good episode for Hannah and Adam or just yeah. revealing, you know, just the struggles in their relationship and yeah, how he's actually trying to win her over now. In terms of character development
1: for Adam too, like it, I think the, the whole story with his uh, play really kind of, uh so i i think it's very clarifying in terms of who he is in relationships as well where he's almost like all or nothing like and that's kind of the issue hannah was having with him too is like well he was not committing to her because he didn't know whether that's what they were doing and now that they are doing it he's fully in and he's fully her boyfriend blah 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 um but yeah i guess it's like he can't half-ass anything
2: Right. And we also see, like, he is kind of a genuinely talented actor, too. Like, the the monologue was really something, like, definitely speaks to, like, that kind of one-man show. Like, that, I mean, Mike Burbiglia shows up in a guest episode or a guest role in a few episodes prior, but, like, that kind of, like, Mike Burbiglia goes to sleep or whatever his show was called kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it's it's like he's like a genuine talent like that they're making adam the character that not like just adam driver being good at yeah no
1: i mean i think yeah it's kind i mean he is just i mean he's kind of the stereotype of like a tortured artist in that sense like he is good at the thing that he he's good at his art but he's like a mess in every other way you know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, he kind of shows his rage issues and, like you said, his inability f- to follow through with anything. We then see him pee on Hannah in the shower.
2: That kind of, like, strained credulity for me. Like, I like Adam's not, you know, super emotionally intelligent, but, like, I would have thought he would be aware enough not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, like, obviously grossed out by that.
1: Yeah but it's just like a constant I mean it's it's a constant series of things like that with him mm-hmm. where I it's just like his love language or his like way of showing affection is basically a- almost like taking a risk and doing something that will either you know be endearing or completely appalling to someone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean even the, like the his big show of love with the sorry wall like okay. I do think Hannah appreciates it, but I think a different woman would think it's like insane and creepy. Like it he 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 only knows how to communicate in these like insane gestures.
2: Yeah. And we see the like the logical endpoint of that next season when he starts dating Cherie Appleby, who's like a normal, well-adjusted person compared to Hannah. And she i mean they have like a very toxic relationship that is almost like one-sidedly that because of him just because of him
1: yeah i mean i think he is just like not to make things so black and white but i think he is a textbook kind of toxic it, like just if you ask the psychiatrist like a textbook like toxic person yeah. um and i think like the but i think and i think almost what's what's interesting and uh, productive about the show is that they still take him seriously and like it's almost like the joke of the title weirdos need girlfriends too is actually like a point of debate in this episode it's like do weird like do weirdos deserve girlfriend as girlfriends as well
0: and maybe the the sorry mural and just the fact that they're wearing big baby onesies together you know every every pot has its top yeah exactly.
2: exactly. <laughs> it is funny how even like at the end when he shows her the mural he has her get up on his shoulders and keep making it too like he's like sort of drawing her into this like grand display still mm-hmm. and making her take an active role in it like he can't just do do it all himself like there's no full culpability yeah, totally.
0: Ugh. Shall we move on to Marnie and Jessa, or do we do we have any other Hannah notes?
2: I have no Hannah notes. I love the Marnie-Jessa pairing because it's one you don't always get to see on this show.
0: Yeah, I really loved seeing their kind of, you know, yeah, we never really see them bond, but this whole episode was a big bonding session between them.
2: Once again, the music supervisor on this show deserves a million bucks because Marnie scrolling through pictures of Charlie and Audrey Gelman in Rome, watching the skyscraper, like <laughs> it's perfect.
0: I'm Lovato. Um,
1: also, I mean, so something that like, in terms of things aging well, whatever. One of the funniest things to me is when she's scrolling and she goes, "No, gay." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I actually have to say, because I really like so distinctly remember watching this live, this specific episode, and thinking to myself that this is the first time I have seen a scene of someone scroll, like going through someone's Facebook photos. It, I mean, I now obviously that we're, you know, a lot, you know characters in teen shows and movies are always on their phones and on social media, whatever. But I, that specific experience, just like, I don't think was really people had figured out a way to portray it realistically on screen. And I do remember being like, oh, as a you know college student at the time, so much of my time is spent truly just like going through Facebook photos and like being, you know, either, uh, you know, stalking someone I, I have a crush on or or hate stuff, you know, or or like, you know, going to someone's profile who I hate, whatever. And I, I really feel like I can't think of other good examples from that era of of, of scenes like that.
0: No, I think
2: No, go on, Julia.
0: I was just going to say, I think Lena Dunham does that a lot in this show. She was kind of the first to talk about, like, you know, texting faux pas and, you know, dating profiles and things like that. So, I, yeah, I totally agree. I had the same thought when I first watched it.
2: A lot of the contemporary reviews of the show, like, critique that aspect of it because it's like, oh, all these people are just texting all the time. They're on social media all the time. It's so vapid. But that was and is, like, such an important way of communication and such – I mean, like, so much of this show deals with how, like, people present their identities externally, like, both in their day-to-day lives and on social media. And obviously, like, it's going to be a huge component of that.
0: But we see Jessa come in looking for Hannah, and she finds Marnie, and that kind of just starts their whole relationship in this episode. Jessa's, like, comforting Marnie and looking through the pictures with her. And I guess they move from that to a bar, and that's where they meet Chris O'Dowd as Thomas John, another amazing name
1: another thing yeah thomas
0: john yeah
1: no it's it's perfect um and first of all i love that they are initially they are basically bonding over their mutual kind of love or or over their uh similar mixed feelings about hannah
0: yes i skipped over that that's where they mentioned the that she doesn't wash her forehead
1: yes that's right and it's almost i mean they are so in 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 jessa's mind or sorry in marnie's mind at least they are such polar opposites because marnie is the type a buzzkill and then jessa's like the cool flower child or whatever and it's almost like they uh they find this common ground in being like ugh, hannah's annoying Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) which is also just perfect and real and yeah so funny and yeah they're also talking about their mixed feelings about adam and how they think you know what do they say uh i can't tell if he's or what is he a free thinker is he a total fucking idiot yeah (laughs) which is a really good assessment of that character
2: yeah and like marnie tells this anecdote about like walking in on adam like who obviously like goes to the bathroom with the door open she's like he was sitting there taking a shit and drinking milk at the same time and he just (laughs) stared at me like the other interaction from, like, these two before they go out for drinks that really tickled me um, was Jess's, like, you know, Marnie's, like, a mess. Like, she hasn't washed her hair in days and, like, looks kind of, you know, run down. Jess is, like, I love you all stripped down. <laughs> Marnie says, I've never been this miserable in my life. And Jess is, like, it it's was totally working. So <laughs> funny. It's totally working, yeah. That's right.
0: <laughs> Back to the bar, though. I. Yeah. I really love this scene and I love, I love how Marnie is totally kind of taken by this disgusting venture capitalist. What is, Jessa says, what is a venture capitalist? (laughs) Like, it sounds like an explorer, but it can't be that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's such a perfect, like, again, it's such a perfect encapsulation of their differences that Marnie is impressed with him and jessa is not only not impressed but disgusted
2: with him totally repulsed and to be fair like thomas johns really dismisses of jessa too like he calls her jenna multiple times and like i mean later calls her like mary poppins like she's clearly not the prize out of these two which makes what happens later in the season way funnier
0: um i i do love chris o'dowd playing this horrible like greasy Williamsburg yeah. guy just moved to the neighborhood
2: <laughs> I kind of miss Chris O'Dowd and things too he's like so funny 2011 like 2014 was such a good time to be Chris O'Dowd and like yeah get him in, get him in more stuff like he's so funny in this
0: I feel like yeah this is a rule I found him slightly annoying in bridesmaids but I I think he plays this character really well
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again the specificity of the Williamsburg apartment, like the fact mm-hmm. that he's a a venture capital guy, but he also harbors these like secret creative like he wants to be a DJ and, yes. and has creative aspirations. I mean, that guy really does exist.
2: He exists. He's all around us. Oh, I mean the the label I worked for before going to back to school um literally had one of the heads of Goldman Sachs, DJ Diesel, on its roster. Like he's just some like forty-five-year-old well,
0: maker it the guy. Sachs yeah, he May- might
2: be. He might be the CEO. But yeah, it's the, that guy. Like he's on a major label. <laughs> like yeah, that's i actually doing "Steal My Sh- Sunshine" remixes. He's
0: a few levels up, but I do. I do love Thomas John's um, "Steal My Sunshine" mashup with it's like a, a playground background sounds.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: He calls it field nice, like field nice. <laughs> I also love why he starts playing it. He says he didn't want Marnie to get pee shy.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like a way to be, I mean, it, 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 it also goes back to how he talks to both of them. It's like, he thinks that the only way to be uh it's like being condescending as a sign of affection, almost. Like he he thinks that treating women as babies
2: is the way to get them <laughs> to do what you want.
0: Absolutely.
2: And also, like he thinks both of these women are like Bushwick creative types, which is like not not true. But he's definitely yeah. pandering to them too. Totally. Totally.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, I totally just backing away from my TV with cringe when he's lying on the floor with them what does he say he says two such different but equal beauties
1: yeah and then he He like marnie like on her like crotch
0: oh god yeah i the marnie and jessa make out was a really a funny turn for it to take though i thomas john not at all being able to get in to the mix (laughs) Really
2: perfect. So Marnie spills red wine on a $10,000 rug. (laughs) That looked like literally my Ikea rug that I have in my apartment right now. And he goes ballistic. And then just start, he's like, cut to the chase. Let's have sex. He goes, I want to be balls deep, which really shocked me. Um, I... Just love Chris O'Dowd. I love Chris O'Dowd. No more. Yeah,
1: and, and I think his freakout was also so, like, well uh, executed, which is that he's, like, much like Marnie being the good student, but then not finding her place later in life. It's like, he's like, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Like, I am, you know, I've, I've done everything I'm supposed to do to get uh, to get the girl. Like, I am rich. I am like, I have a loft. I am DJing. I work in finance. <laughs> like, how is this not working? How is it possible that I brought two girls back home and they are in fact making out with each other and have no interest in me? Like, it's 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 a different, It, it again, like it's a different flavor of narcissism, which I guess seems to be like a theme.
0: Yeah, I think he says something like, this isn't right, is it? Like, <laughs> this is not how it should be. He also, I... I want. I feel like some of that has to be improvised. He just does it so perfectly. And then Marnie goes, "I'm not gay. I was just trying to be free." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. And then they leave, and Jet or Jessa delivers the iconic line, "I'm gonna go eat her cunt on the sidewalk right now." <laughs> Perfect. i did
2: i wish we had shosh in this episode i mean like i guess it doesn't really work thematically but i every time shosh isn't here i feel her absence very deeply i know it's
1: true but she does join uh match talk or she joins a dating or is that the other episode that i started I think it's no, The
0: next episode i,
1: I apologize i i, I truly watched like five minutes of the next one yeah no there's no Shosh. there's no
0: Shosh. but
1: spoiler alert she is going to join a dating website on the next episode
0: tune in next week but i think i think we can get into our final segment unless we have okay well we end each episode by ranking the girls and determining which girl you are in these episodes so maybe we can start with which girl drew do you want to get us started
2: yeah i mean you know what I'm going to say? I, I was Marnie once again in this episode as someone who pathologically cannot stop talking about, like, boy problems whenever they arise to anyone who can hear me. Like, it just, it hits way too close to home. I have never been slapped by a gay guy, so at least I have that over her, but... um yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't love seeing myself in Marnie because I don't really feel like a very type A person, honestly. But uh, her lived experiences align with my lived experiences in ways that make me feel uncomfortable.
0: I think that's okay to accept.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I once again felt Hannah. Like I said earlier, I you know something I've done before is running alongside my athletic boyfriend completely unable to move you know trying to convince someone to be your boyfriend just all all the pathetic hannah i i felt her in this episode yeah i mean
1: i think i i would i will say some growth i potentially see of myself is that i think a past version of me would have like esp- especially in the party episode but also in the other one been more Marnie but I do think now if like uh, that the equivalent Chris O'Dowd but make it gay approach me in that way I actually would be more like Jessa and be kind of like rolling my eyes which is probably a good thing definitely not that people are you know lining up knocking on my door from (laughs) uh, from the various venture capital firms in Manhattan. (laughs) I, I do think like I, it's something that maybe I would at some point be almost begrudgingly impressed by, like, wow, you have a loft in Williamsburg. And now I would kind of be like, well, I don't want to be in there.
0: Definitely. And I think, Drew, do you want to start with your ranking of the girls? We like to oh, yeah. go from top to bottom. Who, yes. is, who is on top of the world and who is absolutely drowning this week? So I actually had Hannah on top
2: this week because she has a pretty positive set of episodes. She gets the guy. She figures him out a little bit more. She's definitely susceptible to the love bombing. But, like, she felt pretty mature this week, whereas she has not at all in previous weeks and has, like, just done for the plot. So she's on top this week. That will not last, I'm sure. But good for Hannah. Um <laughs> I have Shoshit second um, because doing crack is, you know, not great, but it's it's not a world ender. Um, I mean, Hunter Biden does it and we celebrate it. Let, let's celebrate Shoshana too. Then Jessa a third because she is terrible this week, wants in chaos, self-destructive, so horrible. And then I had Marnie at the end, just because she's also kind of on the Jessa wave of like wanton chaos, um, but she's just a little bit more pathetic in it, and I don't, I don't love that quality in her.
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you, but I, I think Jess is on the bottom, um, mainly for her the babysitter dad stuff and the, the dropping a bottle of wine off a ledge really it sent sent me over the edge i'll say that i was just her complete like her disregard what you said was on full display in these episodes
1: i'm gonna be controversial oh wait you're are you done
0: oh i'm finished yes
1: okay (laughs) (laughs) um and the rest is similar is identical to juice i'm gonna be very controversial and i'm gonna put hannah at the very bottom okay (laughs) I, and I I feel like I've been very anti-Adam this episode which is really I, I actually like I think he's one of the best characters on the show and I think it's like really fun where they take him throughout the show but in these specific episodes I do think he is displaying some like insane red flags <laughs> that <laughs> if, if I was Hannah's friend and I would hope if I was Hannah, I would see them as red flags and run away. Like, yes, for us, it's like, oh, my God, this is a great love story. And we, I'm so happy that Adam stayed and we got to see, like, you know, this happen for uh, however many seasons. But I do think in this case, all the other girls are making kind of like conventional early 20s mistakes. And Hannah is making mistakes that could lead to like a lifetime of misery like that is a
0: very good point you You know i'm just
1: i i i really think like i mean he's like peeing on her (laughs)
0: like i think that was the final straw
1: he's like literally like breaking on on his bike and she's like falling down (laughs) like it is really it's like not good and i think it's 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 a testament to um the writing and everything that you almost are rooting for Adam because you just want everyone to be happy. But I think if you look at the facts, it's it's not looking good. So I think I'm going to put Hannah at the bottom just to be controversial. And then um, I'm going to put Shosh at number one because I think as much as she had a bad time at that party, it ultimately ended fine. And she met a really nice guy in her mind, you know, and who I who clearly she is going to develop a crush on um and then i would say jessa is second marnie
2: third
0: i think that i I like that our our rankings were all pretty different
2: Yeah. yeah i mean someone has to have hannah on the bottom like every week it just it's an inevitability like I'm glad we have some, some like Yeah.
1: I mean I just had to do the internal work of being like as much as I love how much of a mess she is, she she needs to be called in.
2: Well we we usually call her in. I think this is the first time in four episodes that Julia and I have put Hannah above third on this ranking. Um that's true. I, I think, like, you make a really interesting point about, like, where they take Adam as a character, and I think that's kind of what's clouding my... I have a little bit more sympathy for him, just because we kind of know how the arc ends up playing out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, he is, like, like peeing on someone like, against their will. Just uh, a nightmare. True nightmare. Right.
0: Especially after, like, I don't know, yelling at a car and quitting his one-man play that he put, like, $2,000 into. It's just, it's one thing after another. And Hannah's, the the red flags are pink. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, George. This is so much fun.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Oh, cool. Honestly, I think I'm, like, I think you guys have encouraged me to do a full rewatch. I really yeah. was, like, I'm ready to go.
0: Rewatch and listen along. We'd love to have you back for like, ooh, you know, it'd be fun the uh, episode where they're are they in the Hamptons or Fire no. Island?
1: They're, they're oh. famous North Fork.
0: Oh, of course, yes.
2: yeah. Well, oh my gosh.
0: If you want to come back for that episode, that would be fun. I would love
2: to. Oh my god, masterpiece. I yeah, definitely do a rewatch. I was talking to someone yesterday about how this show is a perfect um fall show.
1: It really is,
2: yeah, That's day?
1: Day. back to school
2: it, back is- <laughs> it, it is for me, it literally is back to school, so uh, I'm gonna regress this year, I'm gonna get worse,
0: let's make it our goal, yeah, we're I all know, getting worse
2: to get worse <laughs> to getting worse, all right, thank you, George. oh, and everyone please definitely go listen to straight lab. it's absolutely hilarious, um and it's out everywhere you get your podcasts. Truly
0: one of my favorites. (laughs) Oh, thank you,
2: guys.
0: (laughs) Thank you. All right. See you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everyone.
2: Like what you just heard? Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.